Hello, all, and welcome back to Three Got Game. I'm your host, Matt, and uh, as you guys might notice, uh, Ryan is not here with us tonight. Unfortunately, he had to call out sick, but uh, we wish him well, and it will be his birthday tomorrow, so so happy birthday to him, and send your well wishes to him as well. Happy but, early um, dirt birthday, brother. But, uh, but here with me tonight is my co-host, G- Gigi, and uh, and yesterday was his birthday, actually. But um, <laughs> but how's everything going, G? Ah, good, man. Another day. You know, I'm blessed to see another year. You know, sometimes it's um, as hard as things can be. You know, I try to remain thankful that, you know, I'm still here. And even when times are tough, you know, it's the little things that for anybody out there that maybe needs to hear it, like, you know, there's there's plenty to live for. And just remain positive and things always get better, you know? So. Yeah, definitely positive vibes only. G. <clears throat> but, um, but as for me, um, unfortunately I can't think positively right now after what <laughs> happened to Patriots, uh, this past Saturday, um, we will be talking about it, unfortunately, but, um, but yeah, let's, uh, jump right into it. Um, so first off, we're going to talk about all the games that happened, uh, this past weekend on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. And uh, we will begin with the first game that happened, the Raiders and Bengals. So, G, do you want to start it off? Um, one of the best games of this weekend because this was a weird – I don't want to say weird, but it was a lot – I mean, kind of, a lot of blowouts. But this one was surprisingly good because it didn't seem like it was going that way until the end. Um, I want to give a shout out to the Raiders. Um, the fact that they made the playoffs, you know, this was a really tumultuous season for them, uh, between their coach and, you know, their star young receiver, all the trouble they've been. I don't want to rehash it. Um, Derek Carr did a tremendous job to get him there and did a tremendous job in battling this game too. He made, uh, I know he threw the late pick, but he made a couple of big time throws. During the game, especially on the last drive, there was one third and ten where he really just – or third and long where he really just sipped it in between a couple of defenders. Um, Joe Burrow, that man is the real deal. I mean, whew. I, I did not think he would be this, like, this early, especially with the knee injury. But, um, man, I mean, the Bengals came to play, first win in 31 years, so happy for them. Um Feel sorry for my cousin who jumped off their bandwagon a few years ago and claims he won't come back on. George, Matt, <laughs> going to throw George out there, but you know uh, no. he he jumps off and now they win a playoff game. But you know, but happy for the Bengal fans. Um, you know, uh, there's a lot to be said. You know, the defense played well. Um, you know, Jamar Chase obviously is a stud. All the young receivers, you know, Higgins and uh, Boyd. You know, they're studs. Joey B is. A freak. I mean, there was that one throw he threw a deep post, whistled it right by the defender's ear. That was a Hall of Fame kind of throw. And I'm excited for the future of not just the Bengals, but for the league, man. There are some good young quarterbacks. So shout out to the Bengals and good luck to them the rest of the way. Yeah, definitely. And uh, speaking of good young quarterbacks, like can name a, a bunch to- off the top of your head, guys like obviously Mahomes, Josh Allen. Like Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, uh, yeah, there's there's some real, real up and comers. So, 
So, like, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But, uh, but yeah, for this game, um, yeah, it was it was an interesting game. Like, first half, like, Bengals scored a lot. They had 20 points, like, were on a roll and everything. But second half, I feel like they might have, like, pumped the brakes a little too much because they only yeah. had six points total in the second half and weren't really <laughs> doing a good job moving the ball downfield. But, um, but, yeah, in the end, they got the W and – that's what matters most, but um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they do next week, and uh, and we'll definitely uh talk about that as well. But, um, but yeah, next game we will go into um the Patriots against the Bills, and um, <clears throat> I will start off with this and say, <laughs> take all the time was, you need, man. This was an absolute embarrassing, humiliating annihilation that I don't think I've ever seen before as a Patriots fan. Like, literally, like, the Buffalo Bills, if you said in baseball terms, pretty much threw a perfect game. I mean, maybe the two extra points they missed uh, might have prevented that, but pretty much for the most part, they threw a perfect game. Like, they scored on a touchdown on every single one of their drives. Um, Yeah, it was... It was embarrassing. Um, the Patriots did not come prepared to play. And uh, I feel like, and I've said this for the past four weeks, like, they do great against bad teams. Like, they would annihilate teams like the Jets, the Browns, the Jaguars, like the Titans when they didn't have any of their players. But um, when they have to play, like, good teams, teams like the Bills, I mean, the Colts are a decent team. And uh, and even, like, against the Dolphins, like, their defense really struggled. And I still think they're a top-10 defense, but seeing how they've been playing the past four weeks, I don't believe that because they're ranked second-scoring second defense before this game. They're definitely not a top-two defense. Like, no way, no chance. And, uh, and yeah, it's, it's going to be um, – and – I just want to say credit to the Bills. Like, they executed their game plan perfectly. Like, their defense shuts out. Like, Mac, like the Patriots had a couple garbage time touchdowns at the end. But for the most part, their defense shuts out. And Josh Allen, like, he was just efficient, made every single big throw. Their run game wasn't, was on point, whether it's Devin Singletary or Josh Allen running the ball. But, um, but yeah, the Bills did what they needed to do. And, uh, It'll be interesting to see what they do against the the Chiefs next day. But as for the Patriots, <clears throat> like they're going to have a lot of guys that that are going to be free agents this coming off season. They don't have that much cap space either. And I think one of the big things they need to do is try to sign J.C. Jackson. Like that's got to be the priority. Like they need that lockdown corner. And then and then they got. I mean, they're still in rebuilding mode, so. Like, hopefully, Belichick's got something to sleep. But one thing, but other than re-signing J.C. Jackson, another thing they need to do, they need to improve that receiving core. And I don't know if they're going to be able to because Nelson Aguilar and Johnny Smith are being paid a shit ton next year. So, so I'm not exactly sure what they can do from there. But, um, but yeah, big changes are going to have to be made if they want to compete again, next, compete for, for a championship next year. And, uh, and yeah, it's it's gonna have to be a busy off season for Belichick because 
because the way the team is constructed right now, like they're not winning anything. Well, uh, you got everything you need off your chest. <laughs> yeah, I got everything. Well, um, uh, firstly, I'll I'll say, um, you know, I I did predict the Patriots to make the playoffs, although I did, I think I was the only one. I'm just saying, um, but I think I had them winning the division, which I was a little far off on that. But um, for most people, I think this they were still rebuilding, so. Um, the fact that they, I don't think a lot of people had you guys making the playoffs. So one part of it, that's cool. But then another part of it is like, as a fan, like, do you even want your team in the playoffs? If you know, they're just going to get murdered like that. Probably not. I'm guessing no, that right? that's just going to, that might be yeah. more of a, like, yeah, a, like it's getting lowered to their self-esteem big time after getting killed like that. Yeah. Like, because like, I some, don't know, it, like I would have rather just, yeah, the Patriots stay at home, then go all the way up to Buffalo just to get manhandled like that. Yeah, and and it sucks because like I thought it was a solid season, and it just really soured. That that game just really put like such a heavy, heavy cloud over the season. And you know, um, there's one thing I'll agree with you with. Um, you guys definitely, I underestimated um, how much of a downturn you were the last month of the season. I think I was, you know, over. You know, I think everyone kind of got caught up with the killing the Jaguars thing that when you told me, we've talked about this before. And when you told me like, all right, you know, the Dolphins game, I was like, I just, I kind of ignored it. Cause I was like, ah, you know, they're playing, but they're not really playing. Cause they're kind of, uh, they up. were, they, yeah, they needed to win to get that two seed. Yeah. They were, they were, they the, were playing the division, the, the, at least to have a, to have a, champ, a yeah. chance of it. Yeah. And then, you know, then I looked back a little further and, you know, the other two games were, the Colts and the Bills, you know, the second time, and it didn't look good. So you were right about the defense being on such a downward momentum. Um, I, you know, while I, while I, I, I do, you know, agree with you. Maybe the de- like, maybe the defense isn't number two ranked. I still think that you know, overall, the, how this year was based, I still think they were like a top five quality defense that just really happened to be playing poorly at the absolute worst time. And um, I think Hightower's old. I don't yeah, think that was signing back. You know, it was it was really, you know, you need some speed there. But to be honest, I, I was shocked at how they manhandled you. Like, I wouldn't have been surprised if the Bills won, even if they won comfortably. Just to win that easily really surprised me. And it's because, like, that might have been the worst defensive poor. I actually, actually, not might. That was the worst defensive performance I've ever seen in my life. Like I remember, they pulled the stat. That was the uh, Josh Allen threw more touchdowns and interceptions in a playoff game for the first time since Kurt Warner. You mean incompletions? And, yeah, more touchdowns and incompletions. Yeah, sorry, than Kurt Warner in '09. And that brought me back to Kurt Warner on '09. That was against the Packers. It was uh, Rogers' first playoff game. They won fifty-one to forty-five. But when I look back and I remember that game, as porous as I remember the defense played, they didn't allow a touchdown. Even if they allowed technically more points, they didn't allow a touchdown every single time Kurt Warner touched the ball. I'm pretty sure they kicked a couple field goals that game. Your team literally let Josh Allen the Bills score a touchdown in all seven possessions, and their kicker mercifully missed two field goals or got blocked from one and missed the other mercifully because – I I just was honestly when I when I look at it, the weather it was freezing cold. 
you just – I didn't think it was going to be that kind of game. I thought it was going to be a grinder. That's why I kind of thought, like, the Patriots had a chance because I was like, oh, the weather's down. You know, it plays to the run game. Cause- yeah, but the thing with this weather compared to last weather, it wasn't windy. Like, oh, for, sh- for sure. Ball in the air this time. For- no, for sure. But, like, you know, it was it was slight wind, but, like, it was so cold. Like, you know, the ball is like a rock. And I figured, like, um, you know, it would be a, sh- a passing game would be a sh- would be a struggle. And it was. It just so happened. For you guys, it was. The first drive, I saw your receivers drop three balls. Like, you know, I think Bolden had an easy one go through his hands. I think – I don't know if it was Aguilar. I think he dropped another – I think it was uh, – I felt sorry for Mac Jones the first drive. I'm not saying he played great. But his first drive, he had his receivers drop three balls, and he converted a third and ten, I think, with his legs at one point. Yeah, and then threw an interception that and, end zone. That was that, – that pretty I, much meant game over right there. Yeah, and, and the thing is, I want to crush him for that pick. But it was actually you can't. It, that was, it, it was a ridiculous a really pick. Yes, it by, was a by really the great play. Let me tell you something right now. Don't give me that because when that happened, Bestin literally looked at me and said, "Why couldn't you sign him?" And I'm like, "Dude, <laughs> and that happened years ago. Leave me alone." He's like, "You guys let all these pro bowlers and all pros walk out your door." And I'm like, "Dude, like, let's focus on your team." You know what I mean? But, uh, <laughs> but you know, um, the defense pathetic. In a word, uh, credit. I don't want to focus on that. I got to give credit to Josh Allen too. I mean, Josh Allen and the Bills, um, they were fantastic. And, bro, for whatever reason, man, Josh Allen just sees Bill Belichick in a Patriots uniform, and he just decides – he's like – he gets angry. And it's like I he plays his best ball against you guys. He does. I, I, it's, it's insane. He has Belichick's number. There's no way around it. He has his number, and Belichick is going to go to this offseason, and he's not going anywhere, and he's going to have to figure out, okay, what do I need to do? What pieces do I need to get defensively to slow this down? And like you said, you need a number one receiver. I mean, desperately. I, I know you threw we money. We need a lot of things. We need yeah. a lot of things. To, yeah, to be honest, like your roster, like, I mean, you, I mean, it's honestly pretty incredible when I think about that you won 10 games. I, I don't like your roster that much. I mean, you got some good pieces, but Yeah, that we overpaid for. <laughs> yes. I, offensively, you are so far away. So far away. I definitely agree. You overpaid for pretty much everybody. Um, Hunter Henry came on, and he kind of was worth the money at the end. John o. Smith didn't really do much at all this year. Um, Aguilar is overpaid. I mean, even Kendrick Bourne. You need a true number one. You need to lock down J.C. Jackson, and you need to lock down Trent Brown, I think, is a free agent. Other yeah. than that, everybody else, I saw your list, they got to go. I, I mean, I don't say they all have to go, but, like, they're not, like, they're but not... yeah, McCourty's probably gonna retire. Yeah, you know, um, Hightower. Like, I mean, the way he's been playing, he needs to retire too. Yeah, legitimately. Um, I'm like, I only bring Hightower back if he's taking like a team friendly deal. That's it. He yeah, can be a situational linebacker or something like that. He just looks slow. But you need some speed in the linebacker. I think you need another corner, and you need some offensive weapons, man. I mean, desperately. So, but yeah, I think. I, and the other thing is, I think he needs to draft a good wide receiver in your draft for once like just one time Belichick like draft a wide receiver that's good <laughs> yeah that would be uh nice if he's actually capable of doing that but we'll see yeah um but let's move on I don't want yeah. to dwell too much on that game yeah let's move on so the sake. next game that occurred was the Eagles at the Buccaneers uh I I'll start off with this uh and make it short and sweet like the Eagles looked like they just did not belong in the playoffs. Uh, that was it. One, one of the of why a seven seed 
should not be in existence. I mean, other than maybe for revenue yep. or TV ratings, but in terms of uh, of like actually playing the game, like they just weren't in the same uh, stratosphere as the Buccaneers. But um, but yeah, I got to credit the Buccaneers, especially their defense. They just completely shut down Jalen Hurts. Uh, the pass rush, Shaq Barrett, JPP, and Levante David, like they all came back and made Jalen Hurts' life a uh, living hell. So it's like he was under pressure all day. And even when he wasn't, like he just couldn't make any of the throws. Uh, he had one touchdown, two interceptions, and honestly, could have probably thrown six interceptions if some of the secondary didn't yeah. drop the drop mm-hmm. the ball. But um, but yeah, the Buccaneers pretty much shut him out. Uh, and then once they just rested Shaq and JPP and everybody else, like that's when the Eagles scored all their garbage time points. But um, yeah, the score was closer than it was. It if it was worse than it looked. Yeah, exactly. So. So yeah, the Buccaneers won pretty comfortably. Um, I don't know what what human on earth bet on the Eagles to beat the Buccaneers. I guess uh, they were they're expecting the Eagles to to be like extremely good on the ground game when uh, the Buccaneers, when healthy, have uh, unbelievable run defense. So yeah, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, see see the Bucks in the divisional round against the Rams, but. Uh, yeah, it's a good win, and uh, yeah, see what happens moving forward. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, one of us had the Bucks winning in a blowout. Was it me? I can't remember. No, I did. Oh, no, you no, did, you right? did. You did. No, you did. Yeah, yeah. You I know. Ryan, Ryan, I had it close. Yeah, and Ryan predicted an upset, right? Yeah, Ryan predicted yeah, the yeah. Eagles. Now, I was trying to remember. I was like, I think I said the Bucks were going to kill them. And, you know, but, um, um, you know, Brady looked sharp, I think, early was a little shaky because I think the receivers were kind of not on the same page with Tom, but he just basically then was like, you know what? I'm just going to throw it to Mike Evans and Gronk because I'm on the same page with them. So uh, he looked sharp. Um, You mentioned the defense. Um, Jalen Hurts just was not good. He wasn't good. I mean, I don't even want to get into this game too much. I mean, they just didn't belong on the same field as them. And when you think about it, what the Eagles do well is what the Bucks do really well. Stop the run. And, you know, the Eagles couldn't get it going. And the Eagles aren't really a passing team, which, if you are, kind of helps plays into the Bucks' weaknesses. So, like, yeah, the Bucks look dominant, and it does look like they're kind of in Super Bowl form. But I'm holding off my reservations on that until I see them play the Rams. You know, that's a very, very much more high-powered offensive team. You kind of, you kind, I kind of figured – you know, they locked down the Eagles running game. They're not going to have much on the perimeter. So they're not even going to be able to exploit their secondary weaknesses because Jalen Hurt isn't – he's Hurts is not really an accurate thrower of the football, you know, to kind of take advantage of that. So the game kind of went as I expected. You know, the Bucks jumped them on and rolled on. And, you know, they look good. They look ready. And it's going to be an interesting divisional round. Um, yeah, it'll definitely be interesting. But – um. But yeah, good win by the Bucks, like I said, and uh, and yeah, I think them and the Rams will be a will be a good game uh, next Sunday. So, sure. uh, so next we will go into what is arguably the closest game of the entire playoffs: uh, San Francisco 49ers and Dallas Cowboys. And uh, and G, I know you have a lot to say about that, especially about the old uh, Packers head coach. So take it away. All right. Um, 
when you look on paper at these teams, you know, I think coming into the playoffs, I, I think I even said it, like, roster to roster was up there with pretty much anybody. You know, like, you could put them up there, especially with Tampa being depleted now, you know, with their offense, you know, their weapons. Like, Dallas, you could put them up there with the Rams, I think, as, like, the top two rosters. And, you know, I figured they would lose, but I got to be honest with you, man. It was close in the fourth, but the first, like, two, three quarters, Dallas was just bad. Dak wasn't good. He wasn't good. And I'm going to say this. You know, I'm glad he apologized with the whole ref thing. I didn't like how the way he dealt with that afterwards, too, saying, oh, like, he basically, like, encouraged the fans. Like, yeah, good job throwing things at the officials. Like, no, dude, like, I'm sorry, but you stunk for most of the game. You're a $75 million quarterback, and you played like a 70-cent quarterback. You know? Yeah. So, <laughs> so, I mean, you know, he's better than that. You know, you expect better from Dak. And he always battles, but, like, I'm getting tired of seeing Dak trail and battling back to still lose, man. As Sooner or later, you're going to have to start fast. You're going to have to play consistent all the way through. Um, the Niners are fortunate because Jimmy G tried his damnedest to give this game away. I mean – he missed Ayuk terribly on a double move where you burn Trayvon Diggs, which seems to be the thing to burn him with now. If you hit him with a double move, you can basically cook him whenever. Um, he threw that terrible second interception. Guy was like five yards away from him. He threw it right in Anthony Brown's chest. That gave Dallas life. So, um, you know, Jimmy G, like, when he goes in, if he goes into Lambeau, you know, as long as Green Bay doesn't allow 200 yards rushing in, he's going to have to play better. Like, so... He didn't play that well, but um, C.D. Lamb, only two targets. I know he had that one weird drop, but the fact is you can't be throwing Cedric Wilson all these balls. you got to find your playmakers. Amari got going early, then kind of disappeared late. Um, there was no ground game, but I don't want to pull Dak out of this because, you know, before I get to McCarthy, I have to say this. Everyone's like, oh, you need to give Dak, you know, a ground game. Dak's, like, record when he doesn't have a running a running a rushing attack that goes – 100-plus yards, is not good. And if you want to call yourself an elite quarterback, like truly the elite of the elites, you're going to have days where your run, your rushing attack is not going to be great. You're going to have days where your defense doesn't have it. Those are the days where you got to step up and kind of mitigate that. Like, yes, there are some, you know, there are some circumstantial factors, like the Bills game, for example. I can't ask any quarterback to overcome the defense giving up a touchdown every single drive. But the Niners game, you know, the Dallas defense kind of helped them hang around a little bit. I know they weren't great in the first half, but, you know, Dak never got it going. But, man, Mike McCarthy, I I try to tell you people. I try to tell everybody. I've been saying I see this guy in Green Bay. I told all my friends. Matt, I had friends text me. They're like, was he really this bad? Like, I can't believe you. you this week. I'm like, guys, Aaron Rodgers really masks some of the poor decision-making that he did. He started off as a good coach, and then as the game passed him by, like from 2014 on, he just struggled to me to adapt. He struggled when he lost elite top-end talent on offense. He struggled to put together an offense that that was schemed well. He always relied on his receivers to win their battles. He's like, that was his kind of offense. You know, when you have talent, it works. But, like, when you don't have top-end talent, you got to be able as a coach to be able to scheme guys open. I laughed so hard when you called that quarterback draw or, or okayed it. And I know you're going to be different than me, but I am sorry. You cannot, with that time left, 
even consider calling that play. You don't. The risk is not greater than the reward. I mean, what do you gain out of that? Dak slid after like 13 yards. You go from like the 38 yard line to the 25. Whoop de doo, man! Instead of getting two, possibly three cracks at the end zone, you give yourself maybe one. That's a little closer. I mean, come on, man! If you want to get closer, that play you look at it. Dalton Schultz was so open on like eight or on an eight yard hitch route because they were playing what people like to call the picket defense. They marked the sideline. They left the middle of the field open. If you want to go get yards, tell your tight end to run up the seam real quick, throw it, because the ball, if I'm not mistaken, travels faster through the air than the guy holding it and running it can get there. So, I mean, out of all the plays to pick, I do not believe that they called the quarterback draw. Um, I laughed, and I'm not saying McCarthy should get fired. You know, he should get another year. Two years is never enough for a coach. But, man, he really does something every week that just makes me laugh, whether it's clock management or poor execution or poor play calling. And I'll just say this. Dak should have definitely gave the ball to the official. However, that's also a product of coaching. A good coach would have make sure that his players know, listen, we're in this situation. You got to make sure you get the ball to the ref. A good coach would say, if we're running out of time, you can't spike the ball. We got to have a play call. Dan Orlowski made a great point. On ESPN, he said, listen, when I knew we didn't have, as a player, I didn't have enough time, I would call 911. And everyone knew what that meant. That was a play call. Like, listen, we don't have enough time to clock it as they're running up. Let's get up there, hike it, and run the play. They just seem so ill-prepared for the moment. And I think that's a reflection of coaching. Go ahead, Matt. Yeah, so... So yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm a little different with you about the whole Mike McCarthy mm-hmm. situation. Um, I mean, yes, McCarthy has done a very bad job coaching with the Cowboys. Like he hasn't been great, and uh, and unlike you, I think he should be fired because there are much better candidates than him that uh, that Dallas can pick out of. But unfortunately, like Jerry Jones, you know what he does? Like he wants to pick a guy who will obey his rules. Yeah. Be his puppet, obeys rules. So, and McCarthy's just that perfect toy for him. But, um, but yeah, like you pretty much covered everything, G. Like, Dak just hasn't looked great, like, especially against good teams. Like, like, yeah, he'll put up unbelievable stats against horrible teams, like putting up 40 to 50 points. But then when he, uh, plays a good team that, that's, that's well coached and everything. Like he just falters. Like he just he just collapses. And uh and yeah, we saw another example of that. But um but yeah, he's getting paid a lot of money. So there so if he doesn't improve uh within the next three years when while he's under contract, like it's just the future's not looking too good for them. But uh moving on. Uh, we will go to the Steelers and Chiefs. Um, we'll make it short and sweet. Uh, ben Roethlisberger is washed. Um, <laughs> he could not push the ball down the field at all. Uh, he scored a couple of touchdowns when it when it was meaningless. But um, but yeah, Pittsburgh Pittsburgh like the Eagles do not belong in the playoffs, and the Chiefs showed why why they just completely annihilated Pittsburgh and. Uh, and Mahomes looked great. Five touchdowns, had one tipped interception. And, uh, and yeah, that, I mean, there's not much else to say about this. Like, everybody saw this coming. Like, I, yeah. 
I think everybody parlayed the Chiefs like minus whatever amount. I think it was like 12 and a half or something like that. So, oh, believe it or not, a couple of my uh, family members who think that the Steelers were primed for an upset. I looked at them like they were insane. I'm with you, Matt. I'm not going to say much. Listen, Chiefs good, Steelers bad. That's really, uh, that's really where we're going to come down to it. Big Ben, first battle Hall of Famer. Uh, they got that uh, TJ Watt scoop and score. They needed like three more of those to make it a game. Yeah. <laughs> you knew you knew it wasn't going to happen. It was a mismatch, plain and simple. You know, Chiefs, that was a for them to get to the Bills, and uh, that's going to be a battle. Next. <laughs> yep. And uh, the last game, the Cardinals and Rams. Um, I mean, same thing with this. It was a blowout. Rams won 34 11. Um, we'll be talking more about the Rams in our next segment, but. Uh, but, yeah, this game, like, they ran the ball extremely well. Cam Akers, my God, he looks good. Like, he looks yeah. explosive. And I don't know how the heck he came back from a Achilles tear in six months. Like, that's unheard of. Like, how do you do that? Like, whoever, whoever surgeon is or whatever product they put in that Achilles to make it heal this quick, I, I want to know about it. But – um. But yeah, Kyler was just under pressure all game long, and uh, and yeah, Stafford like he did what he needed to do. He only threw the ball seventeen times, but but like that's all. But like that's how you play the Cardinals. Like you gotta run down their throat and uh, and do some play action with uh, Matthew Stafford, and he made all of the right reads and great throws. So yeah, Rams just won that pretty easily. Yeah, I actually thought this was perfect for Stafford. Coming into it, you know, I remember you did your um, we did your rankings of who was under the most pressure, and I think you had Stafford number one, right? Yeah, I think I'm everybody did. <laughs> yeah, I was between him and Rodgers, but I think we all said Stafford number one, Stafford McVay. Um, with all this pressure he had on him, I think it was just a perfect game for him that he didn't need to do a lot. Now he kind of got that playoff monkey off his back. They were like, listen, the running game got going. The defense was great. All I need to do is throw 17 balls, be efficient. And now you can kind of say, like, all right, you got your playoff win. He's going to need to do more against Tampa. But it was good. This is like the perfect game for him to just be like, we're going to make this easy for you. Just don't screw it up. And you get your first playoff win and you get to move on. So, which was great. I mean, the Rams defense was dominant. Kyler was horrible. I don't even want to undersell that. He was just bad. I know he was under the rest a lot of game, but. That pick six he threw was just inexcusable. Yeah, I know. You can't do that. I don't even that little underhanded. underhanded toss or flip yeah. or whatever the heck it was. I, I mean, I, I thought I was I thought that was Brett Favre for a second. Only Brett Favre would do something like that. I love Brett. And, uh, and Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz, yeah. You know. Um I I just I don't know. I mean, um the Cardinals, since we beat them, they just were on a downward spiral. You know, they were seven and zero to start the season. And what did they finish? Uh, eleven and six or something like that. Yeah, so they they're were, eleven and six. Uh, so yeah, they, finished, they started out seven and zero, and then so they after us they finished four and seven the rest of the way. Yep. Um, they were on a downward momentum. Kingsbury, King, uh, Cliff Kingsbury looked overmatched. Kyler looked overmatched, and that Rams defense looked ready. So, kudos to the Rams. Yeah, definitely. And uh, and yeah, so we are going to go into our next segment uh we are going to make predictions for this coming weekend's uh divisional round uh starting off with uh cincinnati and tennessee gee who's your pick i got the Bengals in an upset 
I I know Derrick Henry's coming back. I don't know how healthy he's going to be, but I like the trend that the Bengals are on. I am a believer, not completely, but it's like somewhat in momentum in the playoffs. And when you're and if you're playing and you're stacking up success, I think that carries with you and the Bengals have been stacking success. Joe Burrow is looking really good. That offense is clicking. I know they struggled a little bit the second half, but I think they're just they just keep stacking success. I don't think the Titans are going to be able to keep up with them offensively unless Derrick Henry looks like his normal self. You know, I'm not saying the Titans have no chance, but I really like the Bengals in an upset here. I think they're playing with house money. I think they're playing loose. They're playing free. And I think that's going to lead to a win. Yeah, I actually completely agree with you, G. I picked the Bengals in upset as well. Um, Yeah, I just think they're on an upward trend. Uh, Joe Burrow has been playing lights out lately. Um, And uh, Tennessee, like, I think, it's going to come down to whether uh, Derrick Henry is himself or not. And uh, and coming off an injury that he's been out for more than half the year, like I can't see him being that 6'3", 270-pound beast that he is. And uh, the game's going to have to go into Tannehill's hands. And at this point, I just don't trust Tannehill. Like I cannot trust him when the game's in his hands. So – and yeah. I trust Joe Burrow much more than Tannehill. Like, he's shown that he's delivering the clutch moments and making big plays. And uh, and even has been mistake-free for the past couple of games. So Which is really impressive. Exactly. Especially the style of play he's been going about. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm going to pick Cincinnati in an upset as well. <laughs> All right. Next game, we got the 49ers against the Packers at Lambeau Field. Um, gee, I know you're a Packers fan, but I'm going to go first, make it quick, so you can say what you need to say. But, um, but yeah, I'm picking the Packers in the route. Um, as much as I want to say 49ers because Green Bay's run defense is a little suspect and, and 49ers' run game is extremely good, whether it's with Elijah Mitchell or doing a lot of jet sweeps with Debo Samuel. <laughs> Terrified like, of him. Yeah, that's that's the one guy they need to worry about. But the big thing is I can't trust Jimmy G. Like I just can't trust him. Like even if if he doesn't throw the ball that much, like he's gonna have to make plays and I just can't trust him in those moments. Like he hasn't proven to me that he can he's capable of doing it. And uh and this league these days is mostly a quarterback league and would I take Rogers over Grappolo? Yeah, I'll take him way over Grappolo. The only thing Grappolo has that's better than Rogers is that he's better looking, but otherwise <laughs> otherwise, like he can't do anything as well as Rogers. So um so yeah, on top of that though, like Bosa is injured, like and he's up in the air for Saturday. Um Fred Warner's hurt as well. Uh but it sounds like he's gonna play, but he's gonna be very gimpy. So yeah. so like I just don't know if the 49ers are going to have enough firepower to keep up with Green Bay. So I'm picking Green Bay. They're going to kill them. It's not going to even be close. And this will be the first win Aaron Rodgers will have against the 49ers in the playoffs. Matt, I hope to God you're right. There is nothing I would love to see more than one time for my team to blow out somebody in the playoffs so I can watch the game stress-free. That's all I want. Every, even, even over the years, it just seems like the last time we had a blowout win – in the playoff, I feel in the playoffs. I feel like was against Atlanta in our Super Bowl run. Like otherwise, I feel like everything we, 
even if we lead big on some games, we always let teams back in and they make me have to sweat it out. So I would love a blowout. However, I'm, I can't pick this game in good conscience. Um, All right, fair enough. <laughs> but, but what I will say is I'll give keys to victory for each team. Now, you mentioned Jimmy G and Rodgers, and I agree. I would take Aaron Rodgers a million I, times. I, 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 don't, I don't even know why I even said that. Like, I think yeah. anybody no, I, with I, the brain knows yeah, that, that go, yeah, like it goes without saying. Now, the, <laughs> only, the only problem is 2019, I still thought the same thing. It's just that Jimmy G only had to throw the ball eight times. So the key for Green Bay is, and I think you're going to agree with this because it's pretty obvious, make Jimmy G have to beat you. You got to put him in second and third and long. Make Jimmy G have to beat you. If Jimmy G plays elite and he beats you because he rips you through the air, then you go to the middle of the field, you shake his hand, and that's it. But <laughs> that's, the, that's the key to the game. You make Jimmy G have to beat you. If Green Bay can just make him uncomfortable, put the uh, Niners long down in distance so they can take away the threat of the run, um, and start fast. If Green Bay starts fast and they make the Niners have to pass, then I agree with you. Then they could turn into a route. So, yeah, that's the key. The Niners' key, gash him with the run. Pressure on Rodgers and gash him with the run. If they can do that, yeah, and keep up, uh, keep Rodgers off the field off too the field. with the running. Absolutely. So, like, nice seven, eight minute drives, even if they end in like field goals, you know, but like nice long drives that just keep that offense cold and frigid over there and they don't have to get on the field. If the Niners can get that running attack going and just have nice long drives, they'll be in this game and they'll, and it'll set them up to win. If they run the ball well and they get pressure, it'll, that's, that's their key, especially that running attack. So that's it. Green Bay Packers, please. They're typically slow stars in the first quarter of this game. These playoffs, you need to start fast. I'm usually a proponent of deferring. If you win the toss, if Green Bay wins a toss, I say they take the ball and they go get seven. That should be the message that they want to send. You take the ball, go get seven, and be like, all right, you got to score. And then if you you know, if you know, force them to fall behind by double-digit points, you take them out of their running attack and you make Jimmy G have to beat you. So hoping Green Bay starts fast and they force Jimmy G to throw the ball and, and hopefully that results in his turnovers that he usually likes to throw. So we'll see. Yeah, definitely. And um, it's supposed to be like five degrees, right? Somewhere Favors around. us. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know if that favors you because that's, that's true. The ball. <laughs> that's true. I don't. I, I but only no, favor. But yeah, I trust Rodgers in cold weather though. As long yeah. as it's not tornado wind like it was in Buffalo, then yeah, I then you guys him, should be fine. I watched him throw three touchdowns last year against Minnesota when it was forty degrees. Remember swirling wind, but Dalvin Cook ran all over us. I, yeah, I, that's I, true. Wind win is typically not an issue as long as it's not and it's not going to be crazy cold. Just got to hopefully stop the run. I mean, that tornado win was something special. That's yeah. freak of nature weather. So, but um, yeah, go pack, go. Come on, guys. Yep. All right. And uh, next game, we will go into Buffalo and Kansas City. I'll, I'll start off with the prediction. Um, I think Kansas City is going to win this pretty handily. I know Buffalo is coming off a major victory over the Patriots. Just absolutely annihilated them. Like, just Put them out of their misery. Like, yeah, you can name it all. They did that to <laughs> Patriots. But, uh, but yeah, it just seems like every time Kansas City plays against a decent quarterback in the playoffs, other than Tom Brady, they just seem to falter. And I feel like it's going to be the same way with Josh Allen. Like, you saw last year, like, Josh Allen was on a roll, played extremely well. Then when he had to play Kansas City and Kansas City, it just collapses. Yeah, it just played yeah. awful. 
But um, I mean, I hope Buffalo wins. Like I do, I don't mind Buffalo, even though they're in our division. But I just don't want Kansas City to win. That's all. Like I just don't want people who are proclaiming them be a next dynasty to get there. So, but like in the end, I just think Kansas City, like they have all the tools. Uh, their pass rush is extremely good with Chris Jones in the middle, and then they got Frank Clark and Melvin Ingram at the end. So. Yeah. So like I think they're gonna give Buffalo some trouble, and uh, and the only way Buffalo can uh, can win this is if Josh Allen like he can continue the way he's played against the Patriots, and I just don't see that. They should give him some glasses or contacts that make the Kansas City jerseys look like Patriots jerseys. Maybe he'll just ball out. <laughs> yeah, maybe like give him some <laughs> colored contacts to yeah. make their jerseys blue and white. <laughs> look, look, Josh, we're playing the Patriots again. What? Okay. <laughs> But um, I'm a little I'm a little different with you on this. I was going back and forth, honestly. And this was one of the hardest games. This is probably the hardest game of the weekend for me to pick. I went – there was like yesterday I was leading Buffalo, the other day KC. But I'm going to pick Kansas City in a close one. I think that, um, to your point, Josh Allen doesn't seem to play well against Kansas City. Um, I know they destroyed him this year. But I think that was when Kansas City was kind of slumping and we were all kind of, people were questioning Mahomes and the offense. They've kind of righted the ship a little bit since then. I don't think they're all the way back, but they've definitely gotten a step in a major steps in the right direction since that Buffalo game. Um, and I think Kansas City is going to equal now. I think that um, their defense is playing superb. They'll get pressure on Josh Allen. I think Mahomes will make enough plays. And I'll say this, man. I definitely, especially because my team's still in the playoffs, I don't want to see the Chiefs win it because you probably are going to have to call them a dynasty because that'll be three Super Bowls appearances straight, two in three years, and they'll be like in that direction. But well, if we'll they win see. a super, if they win a Super Bowl, yes, yes, if they win a Super Bowl, that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. If they yeah. win a Super Bowl, yeah, then, this yeah year, they're absolutely a dynasty. You absolutely. you got you start up the dynasty talk, which is why I want the Bills to win. I hear that. So I, I do think, you know, the Chiefs win in a close one. But I actually think this is going to be the best game of the weekend. So yeah. we'll I mean, see what happens. But oh, go ahead. What are you saying? Yeah, I can definitely see it going both ways. But, um, but yeah, I just hope Allen doesn't collapse like all the other quarterbacks during the playoffs against Chiefs other than Brady. So. I, I think what's going to end up happening is he's going to make a fatal mistake late. It's going to lead to the Chiefs win. Because, you know, Josh Allen has a propensity sometimes to do too much. He's got that in him that, you know, he tries desperately desperately to make a play. Like, you know, he'll force he'll force it a little bit, and I think he's going to end up making a costly mistake, and the Chiefs are going to win because of it. That's just what I think, how this game's going to go. Yeah. I mean, I can definitely see it going either way. But, yeah, um, but yeah it'll be a good game, and I can't wait to tune into that. But uh, last game, the – L.A. Rams and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, gee, I already know who you're picking, but go ahead. This is going to surprise a lot of people who hear this. Um, I got the Rams comfortably. Like, when I say comfortably, I got them double digits. I know they're in Tampa. I've been preaching, and even in previous podcasts, I've said to you, I think you guys have heard me say numerous times, the Rams are a bad matchup for the Bucs. It's just not good. Tom Brady, the last couple of years, he struggled against the Rams because they present challenges up front that no other team does. To beat Tom Brady, you have to get interior pressure on him. 
even if you have edge rushers, he's so good at stepping up in the pocket to kind of evading those edge rushers that you can have great edge rushers and they could have a day, but like he can still kind of get it out quickly and step up and step through the pocket. But he doesn't have that athletic mobility, you know, if you pressure him interior or interiorly or whatever. And Aaron Donald is a beast. And he, if he does what he usually does and when, uh, what the Rams usually do when they play Brady and get that interior pressure, I think it's going to be a long day for the Bucks. I think that when you look back at the week three game, the Rams won pretty comfortably and the Bucks were relatively healthy. You know, they had pretty much everybody. And now you take away, um, you know, AB's not there, Godwin's not there, Tristan Wirfs is banged up, Ryan Jensen's banged up. I think the backup is banged up to Tristan Wirfs. I don't even know who's going to play. Um, and when I look at the Eagles game, when you look at a lot of a lot of the drives, Brady went methodically down the field, and not because he could. Like I think it was because he had to, because you don't have those weapons that really threaten. Well, Even the that, Eagles. and it was windy out, too, so he had I mean, to throw a lot of short passes. Yeah, so that, that's that's also true. But I think that it's going to be a lot of the short game, even against the Rams. Oh, uh, yeah, and I don't, absolutely. I, and I don't know if you can do that consistently all game and expect great results. Now, you know, you never count out Tom Brady. Um, he always has a puncher's chance. He's great. A lot of, like some of these great quarterbacks, you know, quite a few of them, you, you can't count them out, especially Brady. But – I just think it's a terrible matchup. I, I, I personally think it's going to be double digits, and I might even, I'm going to go as high to say I think the Rams win by 14 points. I, I do. And uh, we'll see. Um, I could eat crow, but I've been pretty consistent with this all year when I talked about the Rams and the Bucks matchup. I just think it's a terrible matchup. And with the Bucks injuries, it just makes it even harder. The, the Rams, the Bucks defense got healthy at the right time because they're going to have to make Stafford like make a lot of mistakes if the Bucks have a chance. If Stafford yeah. plays a clean game, though, Forget about it. Yeah, but um, I do agree with every point you said about the Rams defense against Brady. I think they will give him a hard time. Yeah. Like they have, they have the defensive, uh, especially with Aaron Donald in the middle of that defensive line. Like he's going to make Brady uncomfortable. But the reason I am picking the Bucks to win this game is because of what Stafford has to face. Because totally I fair. think. Because I because remember JPP didn't play in that Rams game, and then That's they right. were missing a couple of their cornerbacks. While I don't think they're great, they're much better than what the backups have have shown. So fair. So mm-hmm. like they're gonna be back too, and uh, and you gotta remember what happened last year. Like their pass rush, like uh, it was okay. Like they'll get your quarterback every now and then, and uh, and they do have the big names there, but like they haven't really produced. And then playoffs come. It's a different game. Like Shaq Barrett, like he's he's a playoff guy. Like he turns into a completely different player. JPP, yeah. like I think he's undefeated in the playoffs. Like every time <laughs> he's been to the playoffs, he's won a Super Bowl. <laughs> and then you got the two guys in the middle, Vita Vea and Dominican Sue, like monsters. You, yeah, they're just monsters. Not only can they stop the run, but they can bring pressure up the middle too. And you have to double. Vita Vea, especially because if you single him, he's just too big and he's just going to mm-hmm. run you over. But um, but yeah, on that note, like because of that, I don't think the Rams are going to be able to run on them, especially with that healthy front. And then they got Levante David back too, who's an unbelievable run stopper as a linebacker, and yeah. he he elevates everybody's game around him. So 
So, like, it's going to come down to Stafford having to make throws. And when he's had to throw a lot this year, with pressure in his face, like, he's tend to struggle. And and I think in this game, like, he's going to – I think he's going to – he's prone to make some mistakes. And that's why I picked the Bucks because who would I trust in a, in a higher pressure game where the defensive lines are going to bring it? Like, I yeah. can trust Brady – like making the right reads, not making mistakes, like making sure that that the defense is in good good hands, like in good position no matter what. And with Stafford, like he's a hit or miss. Like obviously he'll have his moments and he'll have yeah. some unbelievable moments. But but like at the same time he can he can make some big mistakes at the yeah. and uh and that's what I think it's gonna come down to. But if if Stafford like doesn't make any mistakes and plays plays efficient football like he did against the Cardinals with probably more passing attempts, then the Rams will win. But yeah, and but I, I totally. think yeah, and I but I think he's gonna have to throw the ball a lot more, and that's and especially yeah. with that kind of defensive front, I think he's gonna struggle, and I think the Tampa is gonna eat it out. It'll be a low scoring game. It'll remind me a little bit of the Saints game last year where Brady only through like 200 yards, but didn't make any mistakes and yeah, took, advantage took advantage of two degrees. Yeah. Yeah. And, and before we wrap it up, um, to your point, that's my fear. Because um, when you talk the difference between Brady and Stafford, Brady has that in him, like when he knows how the game's going and he knows what he, he doesn't, he doesn't feel like he needs to be Superman all the time. That's what makes him like, honestly, one of the traits to make him the greatest, too. Like, if you look at the last Patriots Super Bowl, you guys won 13-3. Now, if you put kind of like somebody like Stafford there, who knows, maybe, you know, gets impatient and starts slinging interceptions that maybe lead to more ramped points. But Brady kind of was just like, all right, well, defense is balling. I'm just not going to lose it. And then yeah. win it in the – and then stay close and then win it in the fourth quarter if it's still close because I think it was like a 3-3 game. So – Whereas Stafford, if this game is ugly, I could totally see him throwing a couple of turnovers to the Bucks that set up the off, Bucks offense in favorable short field position where Brady cashes in. So that is my fear, but uh, it's it's a great point. Yeah, uh, point can be exactly right too because Brady yeah. is gonna. It I think he will struggle against that defense, but he will. Yeah. But I believe that he will not make mistakes, especially yeah. in. He's not going to lose moment. it. He, they're going to have to take it from him. That defense is going yeah, exactly. the to take it from Yeah, exactly. They're going to have to take it from Yeah, the yeah. defense is going to have to take it from them, man. Stafford's, like, going to have to, like, go toe-to-toe in terms of not making mistakes with Yes. Yeah. yeah. But um, And just remember, it's at Tampa, too. And yeah. it's a totally different – especially this year because it's not a COVID year. Like, the crowd can, uh, can definitely yeah. make a difference in a game this time around. For sure. Like unlike last year, like Tampa got really lucky, like not mm-hmm. having to play in a crowd every game they play on the road. So it's like it's yeah. a different story this year. Should be good. Yeah. But um I think that wraps it up though for today. Um thank you everybody for listening. Uh Matt, great stuff as always. Uh happy early birthday tomorrow, Ryan. Um you can find the three guy game podcast at Apple, Spotify. Anchor, uh, you name it, we're on it. Follow us on Instagram at Three Got Game, and uh, we hope everyone has a great weekend. And we're hoping for a great slate of games. And uh, go pack, go baby. Take it easy, Matt. All right, take care, G. Enjoy the rest of your night, everybody.